When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is up, Steelers Nation? Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. I'm Noah Strackbine, joined always by my main man, Stephen Thompson. Find us on YouTube.com slash All Steelers Talk and subscribe anywhere you get your podcast today. Well, we got some uh, unfortunate things to talk about, I would say, in the eyes of Mike Tomlin and the outlook of the Pittsburgh Steelers on top of no promotion for Matt Canada. Huge news. For everybody involved, a major blow to the Pittsburgh Steelers special teams and a potential trade, and I guess a trade rumor that would explode the Pittsburgh Steelers fan base and the Pittsburgh Steelers defense as a whole. Let's dive into all of it. But first, it is a beautiful day in the Berg. It's it's colder by the minute here, and I'm loving every second of it. How you feeling, my friend? Feeling good, you know. Uh, after a, a long weekend, back to back, back to back night games, feel like I've got my mojo back finally. You know, as we we get into the swing <laughs> of the season, so uh, or swing of this week, so yeah, I'm feeling good. How long? Uh, how long did you sit around and uh, and think of the mojo line there? Uh, not until we actually like literally started recording. <laughs> so <laughs> that was, I beautiful. swear, that was off the cuff. That was beautiful. That was beautiful. Let's uh, let's start there. That is the perfect way to intro into this one, Mike Tomlin who one week ago gave everybody optimism that he was finally seeing how awful the Pittsburgh Steelers offense was and how much they needed to change things and how concerning it was for a team that had so much talent everywhere else, but maybe the quarterback position this week, he steps into a podium. He goes off about everything and I get it. He's just spent nine hours on a plane stuck in Kansas city. I'd be moody too. No worries. But he went back on everything he said. Let's start with this. And this is his words from last week. The uh, Las Vegas Raiders press conference where his opening statement, we are six lines into him talking about the Monday night game against the Cleveland Browns. And he goes this quote, obviously in reviewing the game this morning, man, we fall short in a lot of ways. We have things to work on in all three phases and I'll outline some of that offensively starting there we have to get our mojo back we got we got to get the mojo that we had in the preseason where we're playing fast and fluid with confidence individually and collectively we've lost that to be blunt in the last several weeks then yesterday after Najee Harris said Mike Tomlin was just talking shit Kenny Pickett said yeah maybe we got our mojo back but who really cares Mike Tomlin was asked about the mojo and uh he said none of it was true I'll be really transparent with you. I didn't mean it last week when I said it. Um, you guys asked me the question repeatedly in a bunch of different ways, and I'd give you the same answer. And so sometimes I just give you a colorful answer with a word like mojo, just so you guys can run with it and we all can move on with our day. The guys that know me, they know there's nothing mystical about performance um, from my mentality or our mentality. Uh, we work, uh, we improve, and then we go play. Um, Sometimes, man, that cycle doesn't come quick enough. We got to stand in settings like this and absorb a lot of questions 
they get repetitive. Um, and so I gave you a little something. Um, I don't subscribe to mojo or intangible like things and all of that BS. Um, we just got to work harder. We got to put together better plans. The guys got to understand those plans and make uh, subsequent plays. But oftentimes when I'm asked questions along those lines, those are the answers I give and you guys keep asking the same questions. And so I just give you something like mojo so you can run with it. Yeah. So, uh, I have to say this before we dive into the reactions. Mike Tomlin is a guy that often does not describe or subscribe to the intangibles. He makes it very known that he isn't into intangibles. He doesn't care about them. It's all about the effort and the play on the field. But at the same time, the guy just blatantly lied to everybody, admitted that he lied to everybody. And in the way, in the fashion that he did so, in my opinion, rubbed me the wrong way. Not as a media member. I could care less that he lied to me as a media member. Everybody lies to the media. It's part of the gig. But how he went about it and just, we'll dive into it all. But how he went about it, in my head, was just like, oh, if I'm a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, I am very much so not liking this. What were your thoughts? Well, yeah, he ducked behind the media to, you know, he said something that he didn't mean and then blamed it on the media when it, no one made him say that. No one asked him a question. He did, said this in his opening statement. There wasn't a quite, there wasn't a repetitive question to respond to. Uh, and he just came up with this of his own accord and then came back to only say, no, this is actually your fault. This is like your <laughs> fault that I, you know, talk like this or say things that I don't mean. Um, in my mind, it was a little... It was a little shady, you know, ducking behind. Like, I don't know, if you said something you didn't mean, own that. Don't try to spin it as, you guys made me say this, or whatever. Don't say something you don't mean. I, I don't know, it feels feels pretty simple to me. Um, I, and I think it makes, I don't know, I think it, 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 if I was a fan, too, I mean, like you said, like, not even just as a member of the media. As a member of the media, you know, I don't, I don't like that. But even as a fan, I think it, because that's the thing, when he's saying these, when he's holding these press conferences, he's not just speaking to the media, he's speaking to everyone who follows his team, right? Like these things are yeah. are broadcast on social media and all that stuff, um, and these quotes are shared so widely. Um, so he's talking to everyone, and I think he just, it, it gives the impression that he thinks everyone who follows his team is stupid and will just kind of follow along with what he says and it doesn't really actually matter what he says as long as he fills airtime for a week in between games. Yeah, I kind of uh, I kind of agree. Like, if I'm a Steelers fan, I'm upset just because I listen to these, you know, and I know everybody does. Like, I know everybody sits here all week long, and they want the hard questions asked. And I get yelled at on social media constantly from people just being like, why didn't you ask this question? Why didn't you ask this? And I'm like, I, in my opinion, that's too harsh of a question to ask, and I get that that's my job, but sometimes I'm like, oh, I don't know, man. That's just, you know, there's got to be a line somewhere. And to just hear that he's just lying to us, he could care less, I mean, like, that's just, in my opinion, that's a shot to the fans. That's a shot at the fans. That's a shot at everybody who listens, especially a week after he went on that rant about, oh, well, this is the entertainment business. We want them to be fat and happy or fat and sassy. And then this week, he was just saying, oh, okay, well, you know, I'm going to say anything that gets them to shut up, really. Like, that's that's really what it comes down. You don't want to hear the offense. You don't like the offense. You don't like Matt Canada. I'm just going to say whatever I need to say to get you to shut up and to stop caring about it and to feel like I care about your opinion. That's That was huge. That was a huge blow to the Steelers fans. I think that's, like, the way he went about it is 
if this season goes negative, if it starts to go south, and I've defended Mike Tomlin endlessly, saying that this guy is you know top two, top three NFL coach in the league. If everything goes south, there is, after this one, zero reason to defend this guy. Zero. Like, if he begins to lose the fan base, you can't, you can't defend him. You can't say, well, Mike Tomlin is, you know, a great coach for this reason or a great coach. For this. You have to fully understand, like, dude, Mike Tomlin straight up said, like, he does not care what you, what you say or what you think because he's just going to get you to shut up. He's just going to say the right things in the moments to be an entertainer and get you to go along with what he's trying to do. I think it's a huge blow to anybody who calls. And I know a lot of people like on social media and I was listening to the fan and, you know, they, they were, they had people calling in and texting in. And a lot of them were like, I could care less that he lied to the media. And I'm like, I don't care that he lied to the media either. I care that he went on this rant, finally giving people hope that he sees what's wrong with this team and then went back on it one weekend. My other thing is, I mean, dude, the Steelers' offense is going to suck again. Like they're not—they're not back to like a—they're not a really good offense. They had a really good game against a really bad Las Vegas team. You're telling me they're not going to struggle again this season? And what happens if they do? Are you going to come to the podium and say, "Oh well, you know, we got to step it up"? Because now nobody believes you. Now it's like, okay, well, he said this before, and then the next week. He was like, ah, oh, no, everything's fine. It just feels like there's no punishment here for a team once they do well. You know what I mean? It's almost just like, it's like, oh, okay, well, I'll say what I need to say. But as long as you, you know, as long as everything's good and we're all smiling, I'm not going to, nothing, nothing bad, you know, we, we won't learn anything. I just feel like that's a bad way to go about this. Yeah, and it's, I, to me, it seems like he's kind of implying, like, there was never a pro- like I don't know. You're mad about getting repetitive questions about how bad the offense is and how it could get fixed. Mm-hmm. Fix the offense then. Like yes. that's 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 the thing. Like I don't I don't know what to tell you, man. This offense has been the thing holding this team back for how many how many we can we can talk about years now. Like, yeah, that's the thing. So I don't know. You, if you're so upset about that, then you've got to make changes to fix the offense. Um, and it is not anyone else's fault that you kept getting keep getting asked about an offense that stinks when, when you're the one in control of it, like you have, you have oversight over all of this and it's deflection. It's pretending like it's someone else's fault that you've got to, got to face these questions every week. So I, it's, I I think that's the, the biggest thing for me is just kind of the hiding behind someone else when it's time for you to face, you know, some kind of accountability for, for, for what you've, for, for the product that you're putting on the field. Yes. And and if you do that as the head coach, it just, there's nothing, there's nothing there. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I always tell people and everybody, you know, throughout my entire life, what people told me and and everybody tells you is to bitch upwards. You know what I mean? If you're going to bitch, bitch upwards. And that way the person above you is the person that, you know, they got nothing to hide behind. They can't hide behind anything. They're not supposed to, that's not their role in this. Their role is to be there for you to take accountability. Someone somewhere has to be the face of an organization. Mike Tomlin is the face of the Pittsburgh Steelers organization. And he just hid behind the media, which is the worst thing you could do. Like you have now said, everybody, including myself will make excuses and hide from blame when things go wrong. That's exactly what he said. Like this is, 
and maybe it's just like the the evolving way of of the world. I have no idea. Maybe we are just getting that soft. But dude, this is is like I've I've watched Mike Tomlin for fifteen years, and I have never once like I grew up I grew up with the understanding from my father that might there are few people like Mike Tomlin. You know what I mean? Few people who were going to give it to you straight and be that person that Mike Tomlin is. This was the first time that I've sat here and went, oh, my gosh, dude. Mike Tomlin is, uh, he got soft. He got soft. And uh, there's going to be people that are probably upset about that. But in my opinion, definitely uh, definitely got soft. What happens the next time they boo? You know what I mean? What happens yeah. in, in, if, if the fans in two weeks against Baltimore, you know, the fire chan- Canada chants come back? You know, could you even say anything then? Is anything even real at that point? Yeah. And I mean, there's like, yeah. Like, exactly. Like, how are you going to answer that the next time? Like, I, I don't know. If, if he's upset now about getting repetitive questions, like like I said about how bad the offense is, like, wait till they're actually bad again. Wait till they score 13 points <laughs> in a game again, which in all likelihood is going to happen again. Like, yes. I don't, like, I think they're trending upwards, but that doesn't, that doesn't guarantee anything. And you're going to have to, you're going to have to face the noise again at some point. And I, I really also hate the implication that, like, he's, I don't know, just holding himself above everyone else and saying, well, I actually see this. And like, you guys are just, you guys are dumb because you, you aren't <laughs> able to, you yes. guys aren't the football geniuses. You aren't in the the facility every day. It's, you know, that's the reason that you talk to Mike Tomlin, you know, that's the reason you ask him like, Hey, what's wrong with the offense? Like, what are you seeing? Will they get better? Like he's supposed to know things and he's supposed to disseminate that information. And he's supposed to like, I don't know if he, the, the idea that like, first of all, we can't see what's happening on the field in games and, yes. and give a fair evaluation of that in that's then translated into, to questions. That's, I, I don't know. I, I, I didn't appreciate that either is how he's just, it's, you guys are too dumb to, to read in between and read into anything that I say. And no matter what I throw out there, you guys are going to eat it up. That's, yeah, uh, it's just another part of like both hiding from the accountability, but then also you know, just thinking you're better than everyone else. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and like with that, I think that, I think that, that coaches and players have a really hard time with this, that they think that the media is like a thing of their own, that it's just like, it's there's it's just like a separation from the team and the fans, but it's not, it's a straight allocation to the fans. Like it is the, what the media asks, whether the players and the coaches want to admit it or not, is a direct reflection of what the fan base is wondering. Like ninety nine percent of like, you think that you think that we want to go in there and hey, hey, Mike, why does Matt Canada still have a job? We could care less why Matt Canada has a job. We we, we want to know the fans who chanted. You know what I mean? Nobody wants to know what Mike Tomlin's thought. Nobody in the media is sitting there going, "Oh man, dude." Because because we know like we we already know what's about to come out of his mouth. You know what I mean? You've been doing this long enough where you sit there and you know what Mike Tomlin's going to say before he says it. Or, you know, what Kenny Pickett's going to say before he says it. You know what the answer is going to be when you ask, hey, what what were your thoughts on? You know, you hear the fans chanting fire Canada. What are your thoughts there? Like nobody really cares about that sitting there, you know, because we already know what he's going to say. We already know he's going to deflect it and he's going to praise all these fans. The fans want to know. They want to know that he cares, that he hears them, that that their voices are not just being pushed to the side. And I just don't think he recognizes that. I don't think the players recognize that. I think it's uh, 
it's a tough place to be for the Pittsburgh Steelers. After a win, that is the worst possible way you could walk out of a press conference for Mike Tom, for a head coach. Like 100% the worst way for a team that, you know, fans, and we're going to dive into this right now with Matt Canada, fans still do not believe in this team. You know, like fans are very much so just like, oh, man, it was a good week, but are they back? We don't, we don't really know yet. And then it kind of seems like in the eyes of the team, it's like, no, we're fully back, man. We're ready. No, you're not. You're not. With that said, Matt Canada promotion blew up the world. That's what we talked about on Monday. That's what we talked about on Sunday. Did not happen. The, according to Jordan Schultz, he was going to take on a more prominent role uh, working daily with Kenny Pickett when Mike Tomlin was asked if Matt Canada's role with Kenny Pickett has changed at, excuse me, at all. Uh, his answer was no. And then he walked off. So that was the end of that. I mean, surprising no not not at all like where where do you think that even comes from i think that's the biggest question like jordan schultz just didn't toss that into the world you know what i mean he's got no reason to just be like i'm gonna fire up some pittsburgh steelers fans this morning because i'm just feeling a little dangerous like you know where do you think this comes from yeah i mean i have no idea like i think we talked about it before where it's yeah it's like how how high like how far to, how much room above the offensive coordinator is there to promote a guy? Um, uh, so like, and then you know, working more with Kenny Pickett. Like, why were you not working with Kenny Pickett in the first place? Like, you know, why is there room to grow in your in your interactions with Kenny Pickett? That should be should be your guy. That should be yeah. the main the main thing that you're working on because he is the most important part of the offense. I don't think that's unfair to say. Like, he is he's going to be the straw that stirs the drink and he's got to be at his best for this offense to be at its best. So I never really understood it from the beginning. I feel like it, I feel like it came from a place of look, we, we still believe in Matt and we've got to maybe throw out some kind of show of public support uh, for him and just kind of let the world know that we're still behind him and the public display of confidence that, that that was really the only explanation I could come up with. Uh, but if you're not willing to say say that actually, you know, to the world when you're asked directly yeah. about it, like if you've got to go through a, so, so I don't really know. This it, it was really confusing. This is like an odd odd report, and then a string of rumors in response. Like it's 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 pretty strange to me, quite honestly. Yeah, it's uh, it's a it was. Just just like you said, like weird. It's just it didn't make any sense from the from the beginning. It just got weirder as it went on. Mike Tomlin's no. It was just like Mike Tomlin's no for one. Clear as day that he knew about it. Like he knew yeah. about what, he knew what exactly. we were talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he saw the report. He Like he knows what's going on. And to just be like, uh, I just got to shut this down now. Like without saying anything else. Mm-hmm. Again, I don't, I'm trying to chalk things up to the fact that they just spent nine hours on a plane. Like I'm really in my head. Like I'm just like. Look at if if my flight gets delayed forty five minutes, I'm I'm the moodiest human being alive. Like I hate my life. I'm ready to murder everybody. I'm not a pleasant human being. I'm just trying really hard to just be like, well, he had to come into work on Tuesday, and it wasn't a fun Monday. And you know now he's trying to make up for lost time, and it is what it is. And you know he just he's he's answering a little bit moody, but it did it didn't make make any sense. We'll see what happens from here. Um, I, I also thought that him not giving like a, like a little bit more there might've left the door open for another flip-flop 
if uh, Houston doesn't go well, you know, another like, eh, well, you know, like we got to step some things up, you know, instead of how many times can you support a guy? You know what I mean? You only have a yeah. certain number of times you could go to that podium and you could be like, Matt Canada is our dude. We love that guy. He is phenomenal at his job before, you know, you run out of them before you've said everything in the book and people are like, okay, shut up. You're wrong. Um, yeah. So I think that he, you know, maybe is limiting bullets there, but. Yeah, just like you said, super weird. Have no idea what's going on. Yeah, if they win in Houston, we'll uh, we'll take it from there. You got yeah. thoughts before we get on to Harvin? Well, yeah, I mean, just I think the fact I think like you said, the fact that he didn't say no. I saw the thing that you were talking about. Don't know where it came from. Yeah, like the the fact that he he didn't he shut it down. He did not. He clearly knew what you were t- you were uh, what was being asked about, and he didn't kind of directly address yes. address it. You know, like uh, he could have. I think giving you a little bit more that would have given you more confidence to say like, yeah, no, this is definitely not a thing. Special teams took a pretty big blow this week. We'll see what happens. But uh, after a career high game, I mean, a, I was about to make t-shirts, you know, it was, I was ready. It was the guy, the guy, the last two weeks has turned it up times a million. This is Presley Harvin punter for the Pittsburgh Steelers. After a horrific week one, a, another, you know, Presley Harvin type performance where it's hit or miss the last two weeks have been as strong as humanly possible against I would say both games. Presley Harvin has been a major factor in the Pittsburgh Steelers walking away victorious and the muffed pun at the end of the Vegas game kind of was like the, the cherry on top of a phenomenal two weeks. Um, averaged 52.4 yards per punt against Vegas. I don't think many people recognize that or notice that 52.4 yards per punt. The, that is the second longest since 1970, I believe in Pittsburgh Steelers history. The only one I don't remember a name. I want to say it's like Bobby Waller or something. 1970 in 1970, 54 yards a punt. So Presley Harvin, Took number took number two. Phenomenal game. Now dealing with a hamstring injury. I mean, T's and P's. Hope this guy recovers by Sunday. But man, dude, that talk about a just like a, a a punch in the gut. That one sucks. Yeah, he had been what their third, fourth best player like yeah. through these through these two weeks. Like he was a monster. And like like you said, it's it's hard for a punter to really like show up and for everyone to be like you know when a punter gets an injury like usually no matter how good they are it's like oh that sucks and then you move on but no this is like this is legitimately like when you think about how much they leaned on the defense and and stuff like that like the punter is part of that you know field position is part of that and man like losing losing him would really stink because that's 50 whatever you know 50 and change on the 52.4 yeah that's that's the definition of field flipping. That can get you out yes. of trouble. That can put someone else into trouble. That's that's a weapon. And he was a weapon for these past two weeks. Like it's it is it is much more significant than, you know, just damn, we might lose our punter. We might have to, you know, sign someone for, like it's it's a it would be a legitimate loss. And that's it's that stinks. That stinks. It stinks. And on top of that, like he's I love Presley. I think he's a good dude. Um but it, yeah, just ridiculous. Like it statistically, I think it's funny because I think he only has one punt inside the 20 against Vegas, but technically it's two because the one that bounced off the guy 
at the 10 yard line went to like the 22 yard line or something. So that mm. one technically doesn't count as inside the 20, but it was definitely inside, inside the 20, 20 inside yeah. the 10 really. Um, but yeah, just like you said, like flipping field position, you saw how much easier it made life for the defense, how much better it made the offense just because they were getting the ball back on a much shorter field than like inside the 20. It was just, it was a complete game changer. That guy, the last two weeks, probably like you said, top three, top four player on the Pittsburgh Steelers roster. Ridiculous. Hope it's nothing serious. Hamstring injuries for a punter. Hard to imagine that isn't serious, but we'll see. Brad Wing was a guy that was in here after week one. Uh, you weren't around long enough to know Brad Wing, but uh, Brad Wing punted for the Steelers a long, long time ago. Guys have been in the league for years. I want to say like 2017 or something was the last time he punted. Um, he was around for like a year or something, but dude's all tatted up. My kind of punter, you know, just a guy that looks like he'd, he'd hit you. I don't know if he's going to hit you hard, but he's going to try to hit you. Uh, that would be my guess on who they bring in if Harvin does have to miss a week, but that one, uh, that one sucks. Played in 2014 for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Thank you, Nick. Um, yeah, tough spot. But all right, let's go dive into last thing I want to talk about here. A uh, a trade scenario that has come up in my late night Google searches. Shout out to uh, Big Deke News. Great, uh, great YouTube show. If you haven't uh, checked him out, he's also uh, the co-host of the Arthur Millette Experience, I believe. The uh, podcast over for Arthur Millette, or not Arthur Millette, Arthur Motes, excuse me. Um, came up with a a pretty good uh, pretty good trade situation for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Not sure if it could happen, but one that we should most definitely start talking about. Now, the Pittsburgh Steelers, as we all know, struggling in the secondary cornerbacks despite three interceptions against the Raiders, not the greatest have had their moments, but have also had their, uh, their rough moments. Well, what if you could change that? Because there's a person AFC West. Is that where the Broncos are? AFC West right. in Denver. He's in his third year of his rookie contract. Former. I want to say he's like the 10th overall pick or something, something crazy. I actually have it right here. Um, the ninth overall pick for the Denver Broncos. Patrick Sertain, or Certain, Sertan, Sertan, there it is. Patrick Sertan II, a guy that I think anybody in the NFL would want, including the Denver Broncos, and you got to think, why would they put him on the trade block? Well, a quick Google search will tell you that he probably is on the trade block and that the Denver Broncos, for how bad they are, are probably just looking to clean house. Sean Payton did not draft this guy. He's got no emotional connection to him whatsoever. If he's looking to get rid of anybody and get some loaded draft picks, that's going to be the name that he does. The Pittsburgh Steelers clearly could use some help. Not saying that they go and get some help, but could use some help. Is that a name that uh, that you would even consider if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers about making a phone call and getting on the phone with whoever their GM is over there if you're Omar Khan? I mean, I don't know. This guy just gave up 70 points last week. I'm not really sure. Um, it's true. It's true. Is he Tyree good? Kills. I mean, it's, it's fair to ask. Um, no, but if, if you can get Patrick Satan, obviously, you got to swing for the fences. I mean, I yeah. think this is the kind of move that, like, yeah, like the, if you are a contender of any kind and you have any kind of – what's the word? If you are anything less than completely certain that you have two starting caliber lockdown corners – Patrick Sertan is a guy that you have to go for, um, that you have to swing for the fences for. 
Um, it would cost a haul. Like I'm sure like the, the Broncos haven't lost their season yet. Like it's, you would have to, you'd have to pay a pretty penny to get him. Um, but it's hard to say whether or not it's worth it for the Steelers, because I think they, we've talked about it. I, I think they can survive with the corners that they've got. And I think, especially if, you know, Joey Porter Jr. comes along and you get a little bit yeah. more from him. Um, but this guy is a clear upgrade over anyone they have on the roster. Like he would yes. automatically be the second best DB, like period behind Minka Fitzpatrick. Maybe even there's a chance that he's even better than than Minka. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, all right. I, he's he's good, man. He's good. <laughs> he's, he's good. Really, Minka's really good. good. No, Minka's good. Minka's good. I, yeah, I know. I know. I know. But I mean, when you also factor in like he's young. You know, there's a chance yes. that you can keep him around for a while. I think that's something you got to think about too. Um, but yeah, it's it probably doesn't make sense right now, quite honestly. Like, I think this is something that you'd need the Broncos to lose a little bit more, okay. and that would drive down the price a little bit. And this says the further you go in the seat, and then you can also get a chance to to actually look at your corners and say, "All right, is this sustainable?" Or like, we're not going to play Jimmy Garoppolo every week, um, yeah. so we've got to we've got to figure out if we can survive with these corners, if we can get where we want to go with these corners or if we need an upgrade. And and if like Joey Porter is ready to do the things that you want him to do, because they're clearly working him in more and more and more trusting him with a little bit more each week. So yeah, I, I think that's the other thing is you got to monitor your two starters, obviously, but I think more importantly where Joey Porter jr. Goes and then how the rest of the Broncos season plays out. Yeah, I agree. I think if you could get through these next two weeks, you go into the bye week, week six, the Broncos are still winless. That's a good situation to, to s- just see what happens. You know what I mean? See what's going on. Um, there are some some trade scenarios. This is from Predominantly Orange. They have two of them set up here. One, a 2024 first-round pick, 2025 second-round pick, and Derek Stingley from the Houston Texans in exchange for Sertan. Then with the Chicago Bears, a 2024 first and a 2024 second with Jalen Johnson. Both of those, I think, out of the Steelers price range. But I also think that a lot of times these trade scenarios are are a little jacked up, you know, a little bit like, you know, if we're going to make this happen, you got to throw the kitchen sink at it. And it's like, no, not, that's not always necessarily true. If you're the Pittsburgh Steelers, I think that you could obviously use them. I think that with how young he is and your cap situation moving forward where you don't really have to worry about a lot of these guys after next season, maybe you sign a new long-term deal and then you got Sertan and Joey Porter Jr. as your corners moving forward with Minka Fitzpatrick back there. I feel real good about that one. I got no complaints there. On top of that, you just drafted Keanu Benton, so whenever Cam Hayward's ready to go and he gets too expensive and too old, you have a replacement there. You have no other expensive defensive linemen going on Alex Highsmith and TJ water paid Kenny Pickett ain't worth a long contract right now and that you know isn't going to change for the foreseeable future you got you got almost nobody that you have to pay big bucks to coming up except for maybe George Pickens in two years I'm uh I'm 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 probably making the move and feeling really really good about it it's just a matter of you know like do you have the pieces like you know you're you're not giving up like Levi Wallace or Patrick Peterson and saying, oh, this is equivalent to Derek Stingley, right? Yeah. That's uh, They're the same person. No. And you're not going to give up two first-round picks. I'd say maybe maybe a first this year, a second next year, 
maybe a first this year, a second and a third next year. I don't know, but it's it's got to be reasonable compensation. But to make the move, I mean, I would I'd upgrade immediately. Like, what do you think about how good that defense? You gonna want to go win a Super Bowl with scoring seven points a game? That's how yeah. you do it. You just go get a ridiculous corner and say, "All right, well now you can't do anything against us." So, uh, right. have fun. This will be yeah. fun. Yeah. Not only are is your quarterback going to be chasing his tail every uh, getting chased down every play, uh, but he's also going to have no one to throw to. So no. that's a uh, that's that's a bad situation for an offense to be in. Yeah, Patrick Satan would obviously be an upgrade. Um, it, it is just all about what the cost would be. But yeah, like. It's it seems like in these scenario in these like trade scenarios you'd have to you'd have to offer up like a young player that they could kind of yeah that they could help like build a defense around and I don't really know like like would you give up Joey Porter as part of a package to no no I would not really hmm. no just because I think that at that point you're like there's mm, man that would be a tough conversation to have maybe I'd say maybe because it it seems a little redundant you know like. You're basically trading to Fred, like I, Sertan is is better. He's proven like all that stuff. But you're basically trading a first round corner for a first round corner, and then yeah, throwing in right? two extra like, draft picks for him. It's so like on paper, like on paper, I don't think that makes a whole lot of sense unless you think, and especially because I don't think, look, if this team is capable of winning a Super Bowl, I don't think, I don't think Patrick Sertan like he makes him better. I don't yeah. know how much he raises their ceiling, you know? Does that make sense? Like, Yeah, I agree. I, I just don't know. Like, he's not. And that's the thing. Like, it's great for the future. But what's the difference? You know what I mean? Like, if, you're, if your options are to see where Joey Porter Jr. goes and still have a first-round pick this year, I'm taking that. You know? Like, I'm just, yeah. that's, that's where I'm going to sit with that one over getting rid of him. I think if you could find a different way, like, I don't know who you're giving up. I think a lot of people are going to toss Deontay Johnson's name out there and just be like, trade him Deontay Johnson. Maybe. May, I'd hate to. This is the first trade that I'm like, oh, possibly. Possibly. And I don't want to do that because I think De, I don't think Deontay Johnson ever leaves. I think he's a great wide receiver. I think he's a great leader. George Pickens is so good that I just, you know, I don't know. Like, you know, I think you could just, I think you could make that one work. That would be the only name that would make some sense to me. I don't even think the Denver Broncos would want to do that. They have like seven guys at wide receiver. Yeah, um, yeah but I don't know. I don't know. I, I, what, what's your, when it comes to like draft picks, where's your line there? Is it just, like you giving up a first and a second? Are you giving up yeah. a first and this a seems, third? What you doing? This seems about right. First and a second. That like this year's first probably and next year's second would, yeah. would be, would make the most sense to me. Um, because you're definitely not giving up two first round picks. I wouldn't want to give up two picks for this coming draft. So I think no. you want to space them out if you can. And yeah, first and first this year, second next year, call it a day. Yeah, yeah that 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 would that would make the most sense to me. I mean, that's what I'm countering with from the Steelers. I, I yeah. like I don't know what what Denver would come at you with, but that was where that's probably the high end too of where like that's probably the best package I think I could yeah. come up with to say, oh yeah, I feel comfortable with this. Yeah, plus maybe like player. a yeah, plus a player, like a mid round. And at that point, like I'm not like if I'm giving up a first and a, I don't know. I don't know where that line is with the player, but like I'd ask I'd offer Levi Wallace, you know, I wouldn't offer I wouldn't offer Joey Porter Jr. Maybe I'd offer like Mark Robinson, but yeah, I don't know. 
tough spot to be in. But if that trade could happen, if Omar Khan could, could work a little bit more magic, make these things happen again, I mean, I'm not going to say no. I'm not going to say can't do it. And I'm going to say that that would be the most insane move you could possibly make. But I remember the day that I was pumping gas and everybody told me all day long, the Pittsburgh Steelers aren't trading for Minka Fitzpatrick, man. They are <laughs> not going to go. Why would they go get Minka Fitzpatrick? This team stinks. And then I'm pumping gas and it's 10 o'clock at night. And I look at my phone and it goes, Pittsburgh Steelers have traded first round pick for safety, Minka Fitzpatrick. And I went, oh, shit. So you never know. You just you just never know. We'll, uh, we'll leave the, the doors open for that one. If you guys think that maybe it's a possibility. If you guys got a trade, drop that one in the comments too. Would love to hear some real trade possibilities of what Steelers fans would be willing to give up for Patrick Sertan. Sertan, excuse me. All right, with that, we're heading out of here. Thank you guys so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. Make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash All Steelers Talk, and find us anywhere that you get your podcast. Check out all of our work at allsteelers.com and all of our pit coverage at insidethepanthers.com. We will be back on Friday with Nick again. Fans love Nick, so shout out Nick Martin. Enjoy another beautiful day in the Berg. Peace.